We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oklahoma City Thunder select Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga University. What a pass. Giddy underneath for JRE. The reverse and the rookie-to-rookie action. SGA defended closely by Westbrook. Tough. Step back. Gets up the shot. Banks. This is Udart. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up and welcome to the Uncontested Podcast coming to you live Sunday, February 26th after the Thunder lose to the Sacramento Kings 124 to 115. I'm your host for the evening, Jacob Niffin. Got my guy, J.D. Silva with me. Fellas. We've got Nick Crane. How on earth is February almost over? It went by pretty quick, man. We've also got Taylor Peterson here. I survived the nadir of February 2023. <laughs> Gentlemen, uh, well, before we dive in, we are brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network and dailythunder.com. Make sure to go follow us on all social media channels. Also, go sub to the YouTube channel. That would be awesome. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. Drop a five-star rating. That would mean the world to us. The Thunder drop their third game in a row coming out of the break. Three games, three losses, all three very close in the fourth quarter. Uh, Thunder just unable to close out, uh, get over the hump at the end. Uh, the last two obviously being without Shea Gilchrist Alexander. Let's talk about this Kings game a little bit, though. As I just mentioned, the Thunder lose 124 to 115 to the Sacramento Kings. Uh, Taylor, player of the game. Pretty easy, in my opinion, yet again. Uh, it's got to be Isaiah Joe. That is now two straight games where he's surpassed, like, well, I mean, I shouldn't say surpassed a like career high, uh, has surpassed his previous career high without Shea being on the floor. Basically, has taken on that scoring role. If you would have told me that before Shea went out, I would have thought you were probably crazy because I would have thought of a Lou Dort or, gosh, maybe a J-Dub before I thought about Isaiah Joe. But here he is yet again. <clears throat> 
excuse me, tonight with 24 points, 6 of 11 for the four, 4 of 8 from 3, 50%. That's even after a quote-unquote slow start. He really kind of started to heat up there in the second quarter and then into the second half. Uh, kind of the opposite, actually, of, of the game against the Suns on Friday that Silva covered. Kind of ironic, but regardless, I think you have to say Isaiah Joe yet again for the second straight game. Yeah, Joe was awesome. You mentioned 24 points on 11 shots. Like, that's absurd. Silva, I don't know about you. Like, I think Isaiah probably deserves player of the game. But Josh Giddy, two games out of the break, really struggled. Tonight, 18, 7, and 5 on 80% from the floor, 8 of 10, 1 of 1 from 3. Just, he saw that he was being inefficient, especially at the rim, and he came out and, and I thought played a really, really, really solid game tonight. Yeah, I'm with you. If, he, if he's not player of the game, we can at least give him the uh, honorary comeback player of the game. Uh, those last two from him out of the after the All-Star break were pretty rough. Um, so I was happy to see him. Didn't take a ton of shots, but I'm okay with that because, like you said, it was hyper-efficient, 8 of 10 from the field. Um, just making a lot of the stuff that he's been missing, the, the stuff where he's driving by, gets an open look, but just barely, barely misses it. I don't know if that was... Uh, just a long hangover after the all-star after the all-star break or what, but uh, he looked much more like himself tonight off those drives. Yeah, he definitely did. I, I thought he was much more aggressive getting to the basket, not floating shots up like you had mentioned in your post game on Friday, Silva, but instead like getting right to the rim and putting it on the glass, banking them in Lou Dortz. Like stat sheet looks nice. 18 points, seven to 17, four and nine from three, five rebounds, one assist. I don't know. Just I've watched Lou Dort since since the All-Star break, and it's rough. Is rough the right word? Rough's the right word. Not he does not fun. do well when he is tasked to do more than usual. Like with, with SJ being out, that's, that has not been good for him. His decision making is on the offensive end. Uh, leaves a lot to be desired. He's got, he he takes some pretty ill-advised shots. Um, I mean, tonight he was just missing like layup after layup. J-Dub missed like two layups. Kenrich Williams, I think Taylor and I had the same thought at the, the exact same time. Fourth quarter was it about five minutes to go, Taylor. Kenrich Williams gets the most wide oh. open layup you could get in an NBA game. Just completely whiffs. Doesn't dunk it. Just like hits the bottom of the damn rim. Just smoked it. <laughs> that would have cut it to five. The Kings come back down. Trey Lyles, who had 16 points on the night, Ugh. splashes a three. Goes from what should have been a five-point game to, to a, a ten-point ten point game. game. Like that. I thought that was the difference tonight. Then immediately after that, I think there was another t- turnover by the Thunder, which led to another uh, transition through from the Kings. But you guys bring up something with Lou that I, I think the word I was, I don't know. I, I still struggle to find the exact term, but maybe glaring is one term that stands out to me when I'm looking at Lou. Uh, like you said, Jacob, particularly since all-star break, uh, because Shay's been out, but also just in general, this season, I mean, I tweeted this out from the account tonight, but you look at the field goal leaders with Shay is when Shay is out and almost always Lou is leading the charge there. And that's not exactly what you want within the flow of this offense. Uh, he had 17 attempts. The second highest on this team was 12, which was J-Dub. Uh, J-Dub was 7-12. Lou was 7-17. to 17. 
I think I would have rather see some of those shot attempts go to, for example, Isaiah Joe. We mentioned much more efficient. Uh, him getting more of those shot attempts would be beneficial for this team, or even just J-Dub in general, like 15 points, 7 to 12 from the floor, only 1 to 2 from 3. More of those shot attempts going to J-Dub, I understand will lead to like less efficiency for him, but I think is more beneficial for this team. It's just really interesting to me, and I, I talked a lot about this last year, in regards to Trey Mann, and how we're going to get into the Trey Mann versus Isaiah Joe, et cetera, et cetera. But the short, I, I hate this term. I can't come up, up with like another analogy. It's just, just like such a simple one, such a common one. But the, the short leash for Trey Mann last season compared to the long leash for Lou Dort. And we see it again this season, right? And, and I get it. Like Lou Dort's somebody who's been here since day one. He's had playoff experience. He's a leader on and off the court for OKC. But like when you mentioned that, Jacob, like the, the word that keeps coming back to me with Lou is glaring. Uh, it just doesn't seem to fit the the style of play that OKC is playing with. I think uh, JD touched on this here uh, with his post game against, gosh, the, the Suns on Friday. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just um, I'm having some pretty – I feel very torn on Lou Dort, and I'm curious your guys' thoughts. Yeah, I think we'll dive let's, – let's finish up the Kings game, and I think we'll dive really deep into some of those Lou Dort thoughts. Uh, here shortly. Nick, I know you didn't get to watch much of the game tonight uh, due to some uh, prior engagements. Silva, big takeaway from this one. Anything jump off the page to you? The biggest thing is uh, just continuing to see uh, guys like Jada be consistent. I, I, I like to see how the team kind of molds itself whenever SGA is out of the lineup. Um, so just seeing the young guys continue to perform, like Isaiah, like the guys we talked about already, Giddy bounced back. Uh, love to see that from him. Love to see that the confidence is still there. That's probably the biggest thing, just that Giddy is, is maintaining the confident mentality that we know he has. He wasn't discouraged by a few really inefficient performances. And Jada like, hasn't really wavered at all this year. I could probably count on one hand how many quote-unquote bad games he's had, and tonight was not one of those. Yeah, I think that's fair. They also went, one of my takeaways was Mark Dagnall was willing to try whoever tonight. I mean, pretty much everyone who is available logged minutes except for Eugenio Marui. Uh, Wiggins gets 24. Trey Mann gets 14. Lindy Waters plays 17 minutes. Uh, Dario Saric, nine. Like, yeah, and the, the 17 Lindy Water Lindy Water minutes were good. Four of six from the field, three of five from three. He contributed 12 points. Um, is this right? He had seven rebounds. Wow, <laughs> that seems kind of crazy. But yeah, an assist and a steal. Well, um, he, he Mark played him in that super small uh, lineup there in the third and maybe even the fourth quarter. Can't remember exactly how long that lineup stretched, but basically, Kendrick Williams was a small ball five. He played Dub, Giddy, Lindy, Joe, I believe, or maybe it was uh, instead of Giddy, it was like uh, Joe and and Trey Mann uh, and Kendrick at the small ball five. So it. That could lead to some some rebounds for for Lindy Waters. Yeah, it just felt to me another big takeaway tonight. And sorry, Taylor, you need to to give a takeaway as, as well. But for me, one of the big ones was uh, offensive rebounds. The Kings had thirteen offensive rebounds. They out rebounded the Thunder forty eight to thirty seven. Um, thirteen to nine on offensive rebounds doesn't sound like a lot, but the Kings rebounds felt like every offensive rebound resulted in a made shot. Every time a ball came off the rim that the Kings got, the Kings scored immediately after. And it just, it felt backbreaking. You know, you string together a, a stop, two stops, but you can't consolidate with a rebound. And uh, I, I thought 
you know, that that goes a little bit to everybody, but guys just crashing in like untouched. There was multiple ones where Harrison Barnes just crashed in from the three point line and grabbed an offensive rebound. It's like, man, somebody has to put a body on, on an offensive player. You have to secure a defensive rebound. It just felt like in the most pivotal points of the game tonight, they were unable to do that. I just left everybody speechless. <laughs> That's why the game was always. I feel like this. They were always like eight to twelve points away. The whole yeah, they night. got they got to four at the end of the third, but I don't think the Thunder ever led this entire game, all no. forty eight minutes. I think I think there's a something to be said there about Shea. Like obviously they miss his thirty points a night and his, you know, the gravity he demands by the defense and leaves other guys open, all that kind of stuff, but he's also the guy that can get you over that hump that you guys are referring to. Like you get real, real close. And then like this series of tragic events or like offensive rebounds or turnovers, whatever it is, um, buries you back in that hole. I think that's like the maturity and like the, the stardom of SGA is what you're really missing there. Not just like the, the raw statistics. His, uh, his trips to the free throw line always feel like they help break up that hundred percent. Great point. Which For Isaiah, sure. uh, we had a comment about it, but Isaiah Joe, 11 free throw attempts tonight. It's wild. Yeah. He, so many free throws. That's, was... that's got to be more than he's had the entire season combined. Yeah. <laughs> he's done some stuff off the dribble that have really surprised me. Oh, that step back? Yeah. My lord. Mm-hmm. Like, oh. The Suns game, too. He was doing some. Yeah, defensively, stuff. he's held up really well. How do you think Sixers fans feel? Sick. <laughs> like like do you think Sad. that do you think that they're like looking at this and saying like oh he's you know he's had these 20 point games but it's when SGA's out and it's empty stats or like oh he this three point shooting is a flash in the pan do you think they're actually like holy crap we really dropped the ball here I just remember whenever we picked up Isaiah Joe or even even like you know a couple of days before that when the Sixers released Isaiah uh, a couple of the Thunder fans or Thunder fans because the Sixer fans that we follow uh, on Twitter I know collectively Seemed pretty upset. Like this is a guy who has a lot of promise, but like Isaiah Roby. Him. <laughs> yeah, that, not, <laughs> not quite. Not quite the uh, who's the other guy? I'm looking. Uh, Moses, Moses Brown. Brown? <laughs> not quite that. Uh, they seemed to really think highly of him, but he was just a casualty of, you know, of, of really good roster contending yeah. and, and right. Yeah, which I think you know we've talked a lot about this, but we'll have some some players on this uh, current roster. I think that'll be in a similar category, but. Uh, I'm not sure if they're necessarily shocked, but even then, I don't know if they could have seen like this scoring outbreak, uh, this efficiency from the, from the three point line that Isaiah Joe's had this season. Yeah, it's like the Sixers, the deadline, were like probably looking for an Isaiah, Isaiah Joe. Joe. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. He's been incredible. Like he has been just absolutely freaking awesome. Um, I, I've said it before on this podcast. I'll say it again. Like. And I, Nick, I know you've tweeted stuff about it. The the offensive efficiency with this team when Isaiah is out there, especially around Shea, uh, is massive. It, it's like staggering how good it is. Supersedes the the points themselves. Just like the the space that he provides is yeah bonkers. You got to know that 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 front office and Sam Presti are looking at all that data and like targeting shooters down the line. That's part of the reason we're not going to get into draft talk like tonight or we're not, I mean, hell the way the, the West is stacked up, 
we got to wait till literally the last game of the season to find out what <laughs> spot the Thunder end up in, either in the play in mm-hmm. or the playoff or the lottery or whatever. Um, but I don't know. Grady Grady Dick just he's like a six eight Isaiah Joe basically. A lot, a lot better, but yeah. But you put that on this team, you had that kind of spacing. I mean, yeah. What do you do? You know. I mean. We're not getting the draft stuff, but Dick's a guy that like we talk about the secondary score the Thunder need badly when Shea's out. Like Grady could be the guy that could maybe not as a rookie, but he's a guy that at some point could be your primary option when Shea's out. Kevin Hurd is the comp that I gave here when Nick did Nick and I did a podcast here a couple uh, gosh, almost a month ago now. Um uh, yeah, no, I I agree. I just want Grady Dick for all the dick jokes we can make. I know, I know, you just wanted to say on the podcast. Dick. That's really it. I tweeted about it, but I've, I just we have enough memeable white guys on the team. I don't know if we need any more. We got. <laughs> I agree. Silver I Silver wants Jet Howard instead. I might. You get a lot of the same with him. I might. Like, I just I want to be tweeting the first game where Grady Dick gets a block, so I can call it a cock block. So bad. <laughs> it's just. <laughs> You guys, just a bunch of weird white dudes on the team. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, I mean, we're not Utah, but Grady Dick would fit really well. Yeah. You run a lineup of <laughs> just like, Dick based fits on really Chet, well. Based on this conversation, I hope he does not get drafted to Oklahoma State. <laughs> That's, That's exactly what, what I mean. Never be good. No. It would be like uh, Nick's All Star. Uh, hey, now you're an All Star podcast, post game podcast. Oh he had to do. Hey, shout out, to, shout out to Nick. That was, I got, it would just be really us hard. incorporating dick that's jokes what, into yeah, every that's single what she post said, game. Um, we, the three of us on the show, excluding Nick right now, we have to make a pact that if they draft Grady Dick, we are buying Nick a jersey. But instead of the name on the back saying Dick, we're just going to get it blank and put like a big drawing of a penis. <laughs> okay. Eight equals equals. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna do it it's gotta happen um any more kings thoughts i feel like we should talk more about the kings but i don't know i mean we'll get to hey, kings the kings, game, kings themselves Tuesday. are a really good basketball okay the fact that they played that game that they did a historical game a couple of nights ago against the clippers uh in double overtime and they come out against a resilient thunder team who like you know we mentioned this a little bit but even without shea they went on some runs um and they just weren't able to overcome ultimately with you know the, the kings uh and i there's a lot to be said about that it, it's impressive they're good they're a good team yeah they're good oh uh nick is this some breaking news on the podcast yep thunder uh emailed it out eugene wow. has been waived interesting who the end eugene. of the eugene omarui breaking news yeah well that lasted so a important. couple of weeks eugene well, there's your roster spot for your first round pick this yeah. summer. <laughs> didn't they just That's convert super his contract? Didn't they just convert his contract? Yeah. That Are they going to bring somebody else up? There's somebody that has been waived in the past week or so that they like. Or they're just going to bring up Olivier Saar? Olivier Saar, but there's got to be somebody that's been waived in the past week. You know what like. it is? What? They watched Lindy Waters tonight and no. said, oh, shit, give this man the bag. Who needs Grady Dick? <laughs> we got our own Grady Dick. It's Gritty Dick. 
Oh my god. Uh, well, hopefully Eugene huh. got some money from that from that conversion. Oh, contract. I think I think in the 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 span of time that Eugene has been on the actual roster, he got paid more money than he did his entire two way. Well, good for him for the whole season. I think Nick is going into writing mode right right now. We might have just lost Nick for the podcast. He's the thinker. No, right no, no, no. I'm looking at the transaction log to see like who. Oh. Has been oh. like Kaziak Paul has been waived, but they've already, they already, we already know yeah. they don't, they don't want him. They yeah. have a chance to have him. I've been there, done that. Uh, Trevor Keels is on a 10 day, but I don't think he's on a two, 10 day weird. with the Kings. He was drafted by the Kings or sorry, the Knicks. The the Knicks. Knicks. But he was on a two way with the Knicks. So why is he on a 10 day? I guess he just, just to play some NBA game. He, he can't have him. He's on a two way. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Who are some of the buyouts? I feel like if you wanted the buyout guy, you had the chance before you did all this stuff. Is Andre it... Robertson. Oh my it's god! Bad. Isn't oh Will god. Barton still out there? <laughs> yeah, but he's still like, floating. He's, his body's broken, though. I don't know. Surely not he's... like a Tony Bradley. Surely not. <laughs> no, no. We've been there, done that. Don't need to go back. Hey, Moses Brown. Huh? Oh god! Bring him back. Oh god. No, the the no dunks full circle oh would just piss me off. We what about what about maybe this guy's been mid signed, Landra Bomaro. Oh, that screams Sam Presti. Kind of, that's uh, a fun name. I don't know if he's been like a six name. eight Spanish point guard. Yeah, he's a first oh, rounder yeah. in twenty twenty. He's six six, plays guard, Argentinian. Argentina is that a, Argentinian. from Argentina? Argentina. Jacob, is this a Michit's uh, time to shine. Oh, he's going, he's, 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 he's going back table. to Barcelona. He's going back to Barcelona. Uh, is kidding. Gabby Deck available? Um, there's it's, really nobody in the past week that I'm I like know here. That's, that's interesting. <clears throat> Frank Jackson, Damius Ramsey. We're bringing him up finally. Texas Tech legend. I wish. I know. I love him. I don't know, guys. I'm at a loss. Wow. What That's a moment weird. on the pod. Very weird. What a uh, moment. Very weird timing. The best breaking news we could have had on the podcast. <laughs> a Eugene Omarui signing. Waving. Wait, well, yeah, waving. Signing and waving. Awesome. Like it all happened in the past <laughs> 10 Now minutes. we wave goodbye. <laughs> but then Eugene waved back. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, man. All right, gentlemen, let's move on. Uh, we, we've kind of talked about this Kings game. We'll do it again in two days. Who's got the post game on Tuesday, by the way? This guy. Oh, you guys got Taylor on Tuesday. Sorry. The the Thunder and Kings oh, play for a third time. They did our guy rumble so bad. Yeah, I saw that. Oh, my the Kings. God. Shout out to the Kings. <laughs> so we, we've kind of talked about some players here. Uh, I wanted to have a debate on this show tonight. The next three seasons, OKC, as early as this summer, has $30 million in cap space. They have eight first-round picks in the next three seasons, numerous second-round picks. I didn't even want to count those. We will inevitably have more roster churn. The 15 guys on this roster right now, I don't know if you guys agree with this or not, I would say a good over-under on how many will still be on this team in three years is like seven and a half. Right, right at half the roster, like... That's I think that's a pretty good number for three years from now, right? Mm-hmm. I think three years from now, you say for sure Shea, Dub, Giddy, and Chet. Everyone else yeah. is kind of up in the air, right? Yep. Definitely feels that way. So I wanted to pit a couple of Thunder players together. 
a couple of guys that I think fans compare the the two of them together a lot. And I want us to debate and decide which one do we think will be around three years from now, if you have to take one of the two. So I'm going to give you guys a pairing of players and then whoever wants to start the dialogue. And let's just, let's just debate pros and cons of those guys, what we think their ceilings are, their floors, uh, future contract, et cetera, et cetera. Are they a trade candidate? And where we end up on, I think I have four groupings. I do have four groupings of players. You guys ready? Yeah. Ready. First one, Trey Mann versus Isaiah Joe. He was going first. <laughs> Me? I mean, yeah, go for it. Okay. Uh, I'm a little, I've been a little sad about Trey Mann, if I'm being honest. Um, I think it's pretty clear that he has talent. He has like, um, I guess you could say he has an elite NBA skill in uh, space creation and shot creation. The, the problem is he does not have uh, that same skill in shot making. He just creates the shot. Um, and I think he needs, needs to be on a roster where he can spread his wings, take a bunch of shots, um, and kind of feel his own confidence out on an NBA floor and not just in the G League. Shouldn't that be uh, this team, though, theoretically? You would think, but then the problem is Isaiah Joe comes out of nowhere and is immediately awesome and hyper-efficient. So I, I feel like that's why he's getting more minutes over Trey Mann. Um, I mean, previously, maybe you could, if J-Dub had not been on the roster, maybe then Trey could get more minutes. Uh, I mean, they don't play the exact same position, but it's tough. Um, I think it's pretty clear he's fallen out of the rotation a bit, and I, I thought he would start getting more minutes uh, after uh, he had a stretch of a stretch of good games after he got sent to the G League the first time, and I thought after that maybe he'd start getting more on a regular basis. It just hasn't ever really happened. Uh, I still see some positive flashes. Uh, that Phoenix game, he came in and had a nice little like four minute run, but it's it's tough. What do you guys think, Jacob? Can you is is the question like is there a timeline on this roster? Three years. Three years. Um, Trey has two more years after this one on his contract. Isaiah Joe also has two more years on his contract. Uh, Isaiah Joe is over a year and a half older than Trey Man. Just gonna ask if that, that if that means anything to you guys. Uh, he's more than a year and a half older. Um, they'd both be due a new contract. So I, I guess it's just like, how do you see them developing down the line? Like. Is this peak Isaiah Joe? Right. And I think, too, if if it's not peak Isaiah Joe or if, I mean, frankly, if he maintains what he's doing today forever, like you can't really ask for more. Um, I wonder, though, we see it time and time and time and time again, and it scares the crap out of me, where guys go nuclear for a season or two from three. I think your Duncan Robinsons, your Joe Harris's, you give them this big bag, and then they're like the quote-unquote worst contract in the league two years later. I'm not saying Isaiah Joe is going to be that, or Isaiah Joe is going to get a bag, but like these... Who's these the sh- white guy in Dallas that fits that as well? Uh, Davis Bertans. There you go. Um, it, it's just, it's scary. And like the way he's shooting now, can that actually be sustainable? I don't think no. so. No. Like could he, could he be 39%, 41%? Yeah. Could he be what he is today? Probably not. Um, but if he just keeps going nuclear and demands a big bag like a to the thunder at that point in in time which should be like 
kind of post rebuild, kind of moving into this new era of contending, will they pay up? And if they do, like, are they how much are they comfortable paying up? Is he going to want more than they're willing to give up? Like, I don't know. I think Trey on that that more controllable rookie scale deal feels a bit easier to have three years from now. But he may not develop. I don't know. It's, it's hard. It's a hard question. The 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 argument of ceiling for these guys, I think, is really fascinating. Like theoretically, Trey's ceiling is very high, right? I mean, Nick mentioned to it to us in our private chat the other day. We were talking like Jordan Poole comparisons. We were talking like Anthony Simons comparisons, you know, is that ceiling attainable? I don't know. Like it could be, it could not be. It, it's hard to see a, a, a higher ceiling for Isaiah than what we are seeing right now, like tonight, right? This guy that shoots 50% from three point line in multiple games uh, scoring in the 20s, is playing good defense, is doing a little bit of stuff off the bounce. I mean, if he would have finished that layup against the Jazz that won the game, I mean, we're talking like we are crazy high on this guy right now, right? True. So there's there's this interesting argument of of their ceilings in, in comparison to one another. I think you also have to debate a little bit the trade value, right? I mean, Isaiah Joe might not be on this team in three years, because maybe this summer yeah. he's in a package that gets you from pick 10 or 11 up to pick five. Right. Because that's a really good sweetener because somebody else can have him on a contract for two years at like really cheap NBA money. And he's super productive for what he is. I can I, can I, can I ask you something on that along those lines? Um, you, you kind of framed up like maybe a package to move up, but let's say like a one for one, Isaiah Joe for a first round pick. What is the worst pick that you're willing to give Isaiah Joe up for straight up in this upcoming draft on draft night? Like Isaiah Joe for pick X is the worst that you would take for him. I mean, I think Thunder fans right now would be like, oh, it has to be like top 12 protected. But you look back on No, it wouldn't be protected. We're talking like the night of the draft. So you know exactly what pick it's going to be. Oh, what is okay. the pick? Ooh. That's pretty tough. The 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 difference in what I think I would want and what fans would want and what Presty would want on honestly. I'm, I'm asking what you want. We're the podcasters here. <laughs> People want to know. What I don't your know though. That's is, tough. Jacob. Like I, I don't think I would do anything that involves just Isaiah Joe for a pick. Like for pick nine, you wouldn't do Isaiah Joe. Yeah, yeah. It's okay, so that's, <laughs> yeah. that's What's too the long, worst yeah. pick that you <laughs> would do. For Isaiah I was Joe. thinking like 16. That's what I was thinking. Taylor, tell me that's what you were thinking too. Say it, Taylor. Lottery. Oh, Lottery bust. There's wow. no way anybody would. Do we don't that. need Nick Smith Jr. We have Nick Smith Jr. at home. <laughs> oh, and he's more woo experienced. Woo pig. Woo pig. <laughs> yeah, you know, like if. Keontae George. If someone said, like, hey, give us Isaiah Joe because he's what we think Grady Dick will turn into. I mean, shit, give me Grady Dick every day. Yeah, 100%. Give me Dick every day, baby. <laughs> We this is why we cannot we can't draft this guy. No, I just got no. clipped. I think. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Please, uh, I, I don't see that. any team in the league doing that. You know, I could see someone offering like, like I could see someone the dubs twenty seven. Yeah, like, but I wouldn't do that. Yeah. So taking this back full circle, I you mentioned Trey Man versus Isaiah Joe. We're mm -hmm. talking a lot. He's on the team Isaiah three Joe years from now, general, right? But. 
my thoughts, and I kind of mentioned this in a post game here a month or two back, and like it kind of makes people upset when I call Trey Mann a potential, again, potential casualty of this rebuild. And what I mean by that is not that he's out of the NBA, he's playing overseas, he's the next Alice Sabrina's. It's, you know, he could be an Isaiah Joe for another team. He could go elsewhere and thrive and play great. But because of the the roster crunch that this team finds themselves with, as well as just the fit in general, I think that's what this really comes down to. I mean, we can go into stats. Uh, I, I've taken a couple of screenshots here, but we've gone long enough. I don't even think we need to. Isaiah Joe just fits better at this point in time in his career with the Thunder, with Shea, with Giddy, with Dub, some of these more pri- primary ball handler uh, creators compared to Trey Mann, really kind of struggled with the catch and shoot, uh, with spacing the floor outside of just his elite shot creation that he has for himself. So I just wonder, like, could Trey Mann be the Isaiah Joe for, the, for another team? Or is Trey Mann that piece that you combine picks with to trade up in a draft, for example? It's a good point. So we're going to make a decision. Who stays, who goes? Oh, man. We've kind of laid out all the points. I think for Isaiah Joe stays. I really do. I think I mean, it's stays Isaiah Joe also. Like in regards, this conversation will be different next year. Whenever there is the inevitable regression of some kind for Isaiah Joe, but I still think I would go Isaiah Joe here. I like the size more. I like the wingspan more. Yeah. I mean, what if the regression is just nothing more than less opportunity because you have guys like right. Chet Holmgren on this team? Yeah, but he still is equally as efficient. Where do you go with this, Nick? I still think Trey just contract. Not that it's like, obviously he's getting paid a lot more than Isaiah, which is crazy. Um, just the, the ability to retain him and, and the, the rookie deal. I just, I don't know. I think, I think it's, it's more likely. Although I think maybe the reasons you guys indicated better fit, better what they're doing is probably accurate as of today. It's just it's the contract is is always the deciding factor in the league. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Very fair. Also, very random, but we are podcasting live at like 10.30 p.m. on Sunday. And Dame is up to 59. Oh, my. <laughs> oh, uh, but they're only leading the, the Rockets by 10. So. Oh, okay. Well, that seems tough. about right. I'm laughing because Nick has the game on behind him and had no clue. <laughs> no, I knew I knew he had 53 yeah. last time. Okay. Looked. 59. Stop. Shingun. I had no idea. I no, Shingun uh, has not played a lot tonight. Uh, Ooh. He has 64 now, Dame does. Oh, wow. Oh, 20 of 32 from the floor, 12 of 19 from three. That's how much time is left? Three, almost four minutes. Yeah, that's crazy. He can't reach Kobe, can he? (laughs) No, but he might be able to reach a book. What was it, 72 or Mitchell? Yeah, Mitchell had 71. Oh, yeah, Mitchell had 71. Yeah, there's no way that you got it. I mean, they're now they're up 14. You got we could get the Eugene news and what's bigger season high score. (laughs) What a night. <laughs> All right. Next pairing. It, it seems like uh, Isaiah Joe won that one two to one. Who did you pick? That's pretty in depth. Uh, I'm I'm uh not voting because I don't believe in democracy. What the hell? And we need an odd number so we can have a majority. Oh, you're right. But we said Jacob sported uh Russia. Dictatorships. That's what I like. <laughs> You've always said that. <laughs> yep. Always said. always. Next one. We've got Jeremiah Robinson Earl versus Jalen Williams. Jay Will. I've got a curveball answer, so I want you guys to. Yeah, this is kind of like recency bias. Taylor, you go. Oh, I go first. Oh, man. Um, I don't like this because of the recency bias. Like, I think Jerry is going to be just fine. He's an incredibly sound player. He fits the system very, very well. At the same time, again, I keep going back to uh, some of these are very relevant to Silva's post game on Friday that he did against the Suns. I also just got to listen to it today, so that maybe that's why it's fresh <laughs> in my mind, Silva. Um, but I, I do really like what you said about uh, about Jay Will's ability to be able to create from the elbow, for example. Uh, you, you know, he's able to connect in, in that sense, kind of playing that poker role that we haven't gotten to see since Poku's been out. I also think about obviously his defensive impact. Jerry is a good defensive player. I talked about this a couple weeks ago on a post game as well. Like we're missing his defensive impact because Jerry was able to come in and be able to be a little more versatile in regards to like switching uh, onto perimeter defenders. Jay will obviously can't do that, but he impacts the game in other ways. He's not a run protector. He's taking charges, right? Like there's certain things that he does that works really well within the defense. <sighs> and obviously he seems to be a better three point shooter in a very small sample size. This one's really tough for me. Um, almost a push. I'm not sure I would go to Vegas and, and choose this. I still want to say Jerry. I just think he's so fundamentally sound. I know, like Nick said, maybe a bit of a curveball. I still think very highly of Jay Will. But when push comes to, to shove, when when Jerry is back fully from injury, kind of back in the swing of things, has his legs under him, I think he's going to be able to fit this offense and defense a little better than Jay Will Jay will, will be able to. I'm thinking a lot about who fits best alongside Chet. Like, do you want this player to be your backup center or do you want them to play alongside Chet? And I I don't know what you guys think about this. Do you, do we think Jay will can play alongside Chet? I guess it depends on if you want, can one of them guard uh, the modern four in the NBA Chet? Maybe, maybe, um, 
But I think for that reason, I'm probably leaning Jeremiah, even though he hasn't looked great since his injury. Uh, just for, for versatility reasons. Um, also, I feel like he's a just the dad, like the listens to dad rock. Um, <laughs> nice guy in the locker room. I kind Is it of because of some, the goatee. It's because of the goatee. He's got the god smack. He's a Villanova guy, and we yeah. really want Cam Whitmore, so you know he can work his magic and yeah. find a way to. Probably listens to Pantera in the locker room. Um, I think for those reasons, I'm going Jerry. Has great hair. I mean, <laughs> really? Hey, j- don't knock Jay Will's hair. <laughs> yeah, that's also true. great hair. Wonderful. I, and I, and I love Jay Will uh, for a lot of reasons, but this Nick, one before is you give your opinion. Difficult. Um, I just want to throw out a few things. Uh, JRE is about a year and a half older than J will. Um, J will will be 21 in June. JRE will be 23 in November. Uh, so there's about a year and a half difference there. Um, J will is in a contract for a little bit longer. I think J will offensively is more versatile than JRE. Uh, and then I think it's the exact opposite on the other end. I think JRE is more versatile than Jay Will on the defensive end. Jay Will has played like fine defensively, but JRE can switch. Um, he can guard smaller dudes and uh, doesn't have to drop in pick and roll coverage, which I think is massive for this team. We've seen Jay Will get cooked and, and drop coverage frequently recently. Um, so just a few things to throw out there. Uh, Nick, you said you had a curveball. Yes. Those are the best balls. What do you got? The answer is neither. <laughs> no. Uh, it is a curveball. We've talked about this offline and on the pod quite a bit. Um, rookies in Oklahoma City get a long leash. They get a lot of minutes. And they generally play pretty well. And then sophomore season comes around. It's usually a slump. Um, there's flashes of, of what you want to see. There's a lot of bad at the same time in year two as the leash gets shorter and film is out and um, it, it's, it's easy to say Jay will today. It was probably really easy to see to say Jay, Jerry last year, given they're both second round picks and again, going back to the contracts, you don't have the same flexibility or kind of ownership over their contracts longer term for second round pick. I think they're great role players, solid players for this team today. But when push comes to shove and you've got multiple picks in 24, you got a pick in 23, you're going to do consolidation at some point. So they could be traded. You're going to be, you know, making all these moves over the next couple of years between now and the end of their deal. And this three-year window we're talking about, I just, I would not be shocked if both of them are gone in two years. Yes. Uh, I, and like you said, Nick, like I think when it comes down to it, both of them are going to be backups. This is where, like, I really like to think about the Thunder drafting a player of this position long term uh, in this upcoming twenty twenty three draft. Again, we aren't going to get prospects, but just like you think of the Jarris Walkers, you think of the Cam Whitmores, you think of the um, Taylor Hendricks, the guys from this draft class. Like, there are some really good long term pieces who could fit that role perfectly, and maybe and with a higher ceiling than either of those guys. Uh, but if we're going one versus the other, I still think JRE is the fit. And we know how much that Pressy loves uh, guys that come from programs like Villanova, for example. Although maybe he's a hog guy now after Isaiah Joe and Jay Will. <laughs> Jacob's a hog guy. Woo, pig, Jeez. suey. 
JD was the one that tweeted hogs out the other night. Oh that wasn't me. That was Silva. I was, I was workshopping that one for a while. <laughs> Holy cow, Dame Lillard. 71. Up to 71? Yeah. Insane. Uh, 47 seconds left. Mitchell's, see if he can... Mitchell's uh, took – so Mitchell scored 71, but he did that with overtime. Mm-hmm. True. That's a good point. That is nuts. That's a lot of points in a basketball game. Over Can't half wait. his team points. <laughs> Blazers are cooked, bro. They're cooked. Like next five years, that team is just cooked. Yep. Yeah. Barbecue chicken. It sounds like JRE is the winner of this second one. Nick, constantly the minority in the voting mm. process here. Mm. Next one. I hate this next one, just so we're clear. I do too. Okay. I hate this next one. I hate it when people say, who's the better, who's going to be the better player? Who's better long term? Josh Giddy or J Dub? You got both. Like you got both of them for their rookie scale contract. You will sign both of them to a rookie scale extension. Unless one of them like refuses to play games and sits out. You've got both of them. So there's no need to choose between the two. If you want to have a like a favorite player, that's fine. But like debating like, oh, which one is gonna be like Around longer, which one's going to be the better one? They're both going to be here. With that being said, let's debate the two. J-Dub, Josh Giddy. If one of them is gone in two years, who is it and why? Am I going first? I'll go first. So <laughs> I'm with you as really far tough. as it's good that the Thunder just have them both and they can kind of figure out what their con- what their long-term contracts look like like, do we think either of them right now, if you just if you were asked, like gun to your head, do either of them get max rookie extensions? God, that's pretty violent just for a random NBA question. Water gun to your head. Okay. <laughs> uh both, right? I think both as well. Okay. <laughs> how much how <laughs> so much like, is what the answer I was looking for? <laughs> I know. It's just uh is a rookie max extension, how much does that affect the I don't understand the salary cap like you like like you guys do. How does that affect the team as far as acquiring other players? Like if they have SGA, two rookies on the max extension, Chet on the max extension, Chet, Chet on the max, and, and then, they, and then looking, we all want to. You, trade you can't go sign one. free agents, right? But right. when has this team ever done that? Never. Also, we have you, a presumably high-ish uh, first-round pick this year, right? And right. this you're going to have to pay tax, but this front office is making a metric shit ton of money right now through revenue sharing for it. from not paying tax for the past three years. We know they're willing to pay the tax. And so they will just pay tax dollars. Yeah. I mean, it's the rebuild is starting to shape up to look a lot like what the golden state warriors did. You draft mm-hmm. all of your talent, you extend them, you pay a shit ton of money for your own guys, but that's what you do. Maybe there's some changes in the new CBA that that change that. I know some teams are pushing for, uh, like the Dubs, are pushing for stuff like, hey, if we sign our own um, our own draft picks to extensions, maybe we should lower the tax hit for those contracts because we're not going out and like signing big name free agents and making an imbalance in the league. We're doing it all organically. Mm-hmm. So that's the only downfall from paying your own guys a lot of money is just you pay luxury tax and you can't sign free agents because your cap sheet's filled. This yeah, team's not going to sign free agents. They're going to trade for guys if they acquire new talent. I don't think that'll defer them from 
keeping on to both Josh and Dove, for example, but <laughs> that is really hard. Like there's the prisoner in the moment of me again, uh, kind of similar to the JRE, J will, although on a much larger scale that wants to say J Dub obviously is impacting the game at a higher level already. Uh, but Giddy's also younger than J Dub already is. Yeah. Right? And has more experience. Also, I think it's a little more versatile, obviously in regards to his uh, creation for others. We're seeing him improve from scoring, especially from outside. I think he has a very solid floater. He's going to have to see that become a little more consistent in regards to his scoring, but in, in his it being able to make that, but or the efficiency. I think I'm going to go Josh Giddy here. I, I really am. I, I love J-Dub. I hope J-Dub's here his entire career in OKC. I'm a huge, huge fan. But if I'm the front office, I think I still think Josh Giddy has the highest ceiling of the two high ceilings of J-Dub and, and uh, Giddy. Just for the record, uh, Josh, this season, 16 points, nearly eight rebounds, six assists, and a steal a game, uh, shooting 48% from the field, 30% from three, which is a four percentage point jump from last season. Um, he's just been awesome, dude. Like, I think people kind of sleep which is on it. weird because he doesn't, sometimes it doesn't feel like it, even tonight. Like, that's, I mean, like if, really his, if his career is 16 8 and 6 I mean that's really freaking good yeah yeah I think that's the thing Taylor like it doesn't look like he's doing a lot there it looks like it's like damn it this guy's dribbling like he's just a bigger Bob Cousy and then all of a sudden he has like (laughs) 27 and 7 and it doesn't make any sense and you want him to like it's the eye test you want him right you want him to take over when a player like Shea is out you right. want him to be that guy. That's that's not his game though. And I think to both of your all your both of your guys' points, uh, so you mentioned it Friday. Jacob you mentioned it just now. Like the way he impacts the game doesn't have to be scoring. Like he does so many different things for this team and continues to improve in each of those areas. And I just that's why I think his ceiling is still it, at such a young age, still uh all those reasons, I think that ceiling is still just a bit higher than what a J dub would be. I think so, he will make a lot more sense whenever Chet is on the team. I think that's fair. Uh, I, want, I want to go. Point. I want to go second here. Taylor just gave the Josh Giddy pitch. I want to give the J Dub pitch, and I'm, I'm probably stealing Silva's thunder here. Ah, go for <laughs> it. This is a very sensual. Yes, segment. Dub is Jalen Brown. Two years ago, he's amazing. He's, he's perfect. I love him. My jersey's on the way. He's much older than Josh. Uh, J Dub is going to be 22 in April. Uh, Josh will not be 21 until October. So pretty big okay. like difference in age. I just keep going back to the way the coaching staff talks about J-Dub. Uh, if you watched the Thunder vs. Suns game on the ESPN broadcast, first off, we got the good broadcast. No offense to Hubie Brown whatsoever. I cannot stand listening to Hubie Brown. Honestly, all of this to Hubie Brown. He is uh, not great. <laughs> Um, we got JJ Riddick and Richard Jefferson, which was wonderful. It was, uh, and they talked about how, uh, before the game or the like the day before, whatever, they had got a chance to talk to Mark about J Dub and how he just raved about his like defensive instincts and how he reads the game. And the thing with J Dub over Josh Giddy, I think, is defensively is number one. Right, like Josh is like an adequate defender. He's fine. 
I think Josh may end up being like league average defender, but fits in really well with a system. Don't really care about his one-on-one, care more about how he fits into a group. J-Dub, though, he guarded Demonis Sabonis tonight. And Devin Booker on Friday. I mean, he, the length, the size, the versatility, the instincts, uh, the the ability to like create havoc. He's not going to be Andre Robertson level. Like, I don't think that. He could be. But I don't think he's going to be like defensive Andre Robertson. Um, could he be good enough defensively that 12 months from now, this team has made a trade and moved on from Lou Dort because uh, they want to make an upgrade elsewhere and J-Dub is just that damn good? I think it's possible. I, yep. I'd, uh, I'd push back a little bit on your Robertson comment. Not in a bad way. I don't think he becomes the point of attack defender Andre was. I think he can be a much more versatile defender in like who he can guard. I think that's fair. Yeah. Which is I mean, equally as valuable in this in this modern. The, the wingspan changes the game, dude. Like the wingspan legit allows him to guard bigs and also guard guards just because he's so long, it's hard for guys to get around him. And then offensively, is he the level of playmaker Josh is? No. Like there's very few people in the NBA right right now, this moment, that are better than Josh Kitty at passing and creating looks for other guys at 20 years old. Like he is a phenom, but just the, the, the things that J dub does, I haven't looked it up. I, I should like look up a comparison of J dub's rookie stats versus like James Harden's. He's about to pass my points. The, the, the trajectory for this kid. And I know he's older. And so he's coming in at like a much more polished stage. He's just really, really, really good at everything on the basketball court. And the coaching staff loves him. I mean, they're playing a they rookie like him, 30, 32 minutes a night. Um, I, he's the type of player that every team in the league salivates over. Yeah. Right. No, Whereas I know Josh Giddy to... is more fits. You have to have a team that can absorb a Josh Giddy. True. Right. And Not every team in the league would be like, hey, we want to bring in Josh Giddy and let him do his thing. True. Every team in the league would say, give me J-Dub in a minute. And that's not a knock against Josh at all. Josh is awesome. But if you put Josh in, I don't know, um, if you drop Josh in Phoenix right now, he's not getting those opportunities, right? He's not getting to play like his style of game because he's playing next to Book and CP and Kevin. That one might actually work, but I, I, I if, if you, you drop him like in LA with the Clippers, yeah. I, I don't think it looks yeah. the same. Agreed. But it's, it's almost like can, a Ben Simmons conversation, but like it is not just not the shitty side of it, level. right? Yeah. The right, good right. side of it, right. yes, right. J Dub, twenty nine other teams would bring him in and play him twenty to thirty minutes a night, right now. It's interesting. Like I, I've been talking to some people. Someone brought up like a, and again, think of like not recent. Andre Iguodala, but think of like prime Andre Iguodala and in a more uh, a modern NBA fit. I think that's an interesting one. We've, we've talked about, Jaylen I think he's Brown, so much obviously. more versatile than prime Iguodala offensively, yeah. especially as far as playmaking distributing. But the yeah. other thing like to that point is he, he's been fine uh, from the three point line this season, but he's 
historically throughout his career in high school and into college been a pretty good three-point shooter. I've It'll come around. listened to people like Sam Bassini talk about how he has room to improve from a three-point, yeah, a three-point opportunity, like, or a, a three-point uh, percentage. Like, I, I think he can improve there as well. So, like, that just gives him even more versatility, I think, when, in regards to playing alongside more dominant players, like, uh, or ball-dominant players like Josh Giddy or Shea moving forward. It's, yeah, there's, there's even, even though he's older, there's still a lot of room and development for him, I think, ahead. For sure. JD, Nick, you guys got to weigh in on the dub versus Giddy debate. Nick, you go. I think it, I think it does come down to age and what you do across the board. Like, I love dub. Like, I think he's one of the coolest people, one of the coolest players that have, has ever come through Oklahoma City. But what Josh does feels harder to replace than what Dub does. In my opinion. That's fair. Josh is definitely more unique. He is. I think I think you can you can find another dub in the draft. I don't know. Like like Josh is rare. What he's mm-hmm. doing at twenty with the passing upside with the size, like I, I don't want to say unicorn because it gets thrown around too much and there's not many unicorns out there, but like Josh is legit rare. If you go like go look at Cerebro Sports and and throw in you know Josh's height, Josh's assists, Josh like all the all the things he does well, and like look at the history of of who's in that same archetype. There's not many. Mm-hmm. I, I know those are the kind of guys you want. Yeah, I'm very torn on this, uh, like we all are. Uh, I've gone through this conversation with friends a bunch, um, with you guys before. With yourself in your bedroom. With myself late at night. Just like, which one? So it keeps Silva up. It keeps me up <laughs> at night. Because they're both going to be rookie max guys, we think, like we talked about before. And it's like, if you look at Josh play right now, he is limited as an offensive option, like his, his offensive contributions are mainly with passing and like floaters. Um, I, I do think he's going to evolve as an offensive option. I just don't know. I th- feel like that, that evolution is just going to be like catch and shoot threes and having another weapon, having other weapons alongside him, like Chet and another, and another guy we get in this next draft. So I don't know. Um, kind of with Nick, as far as, Josh's playmaking is like a very special thing. And that single attribute is probably higher than what Jadub offers, but Jadub offers a lot of other things that really pop off the screen when you're watching him. And I just personally like Jadub uh, a bunch, like we all do. God, I hate this question. Does Josh's <laughs> at- athleticism or lack thereof give you guys any worry or any pause? No. I think his athleticism is underrated. Like, I understand he's not fast twitch or explosive. It does kind of worried some, me recently. He's strong. See him right? getting him, see him getting blocked at the rim a lot. He gets yeah. blocked um, a lot. I, like, I take size over dunk. athleticism. That's fair. Did you guys going back you to can, Silva's comment? I had to drop off the pod for a sec. You say we you guys said that both will be rookie max guys? Uh, yeah, you I posed disagree? that question early, and I, I was like, "Are they disagree?" I, like, I think the Thunder will be that. There's only up. there's only three, maybe four guys in every class that get that deal. You guys think they're both top three guys in their class? Which of the know. two is not yeah. getting maxed? I don't think either get maxed. 
Wow. I think I think I think both could be like the Tyler Hero kind of guy that gets or like the Jordan Poole that gets a crap ton most of it. But like we're we're talking like the guys that get that that rookie max extension before the last year of the rookie deal, the Jaws, the Zions, the Garlands, like there's only three every year, maybe four. I don't I don't see that. Well, there's certain like certain incentives you have to meet, right? In order to be able to meet like the Trey Young, Shay, even Shade didn't get the full max in comparison to some of those Shay guys got a in max. this class. He got, he got a max, he just didn't hit the escalator. Oh, okay. Okay. That's what I was thinking. But of. like even then, Shay was one of three or four guys in his class that got it. That's tough. Like that that's not discounting yeah. or saying that that Gideon Dub are not going to be fantastic players, but that is like like superstar trajectory. Like All Josh Giddy getting a max means that dude's hitting 37% from three. Like there's no question about his game and about being a star in the future. I may have just derailed us completely on the topic we already talked <laughs> no, about. I mean, it's, I it's, no, it's good to bring up because that, that's what was making me nervous about Josh. I, I just kind of assumed like... How about this? If both of them don't get max, they're getting like 90% a bunch. of they're, Yeah, they're getting a ton of money a for sure. 90%, 90% or more. Hundred yeah. percent. Like they're, we're we're talking. Michael Porter Jr. didn't get maxed, did he? Yes, he did. He did. Yeah. Okay, so that draft has Michael Porter Jr., Shea, McHale didn't get maxed, nope. but he got a shit ton of money. Yep. Mm-hmm. That that's that's more in line with what I'm thinking. Like the McHale. Okay. Trey yeah. Young got maxed. Luca got maxed. Aiton got maxed. Aiton, Jaren Jackson. Aiton got max but it was like the weird backdoor. Yeah. And what the and the, also that class is also like the first to have that many also. So you're picking one that goes away against my argument, but in a regular, <laughs> well, I don't think the 29, 2019 class. Oh, they have had a chance to sign. Haven't yep. they? Yep. So that would be Zion jaw. Um, that might be it. So I'm saying it, it's, it's, it's a, it's a honor to get a rookie max. And it, it is a vote of confidence that you are a superstar. Hmm. We, and we hope like, we hope Chet is that also. Oh, if if Chet should be over over J Dub and Giddy, Chet should be. Yeah. So my head, my in my head, I'm like, okay, Josh. Do we foresee him being like the fourth option on as far as scoring? Yeah. In the future, and like, yeah. do we want to pay that much? I mean, right. the Thunder are building a very unique team, so having a player like that as your fourth option might not matter. Yeah. With all the playmaking that he offers, it's a tough conversation. And here's the thing: you don't have to be a max guy to be good. No. Anthony Simons right. got a bag, right. not mm-hmm. a max guy. It, it, they will get paid. There's, yeah. a, there's no debate about that. Regardless, the Thunder are in a very uh, fortunate situation yeah. to have the all this. You're talent having this conversation can... is a right. great thing. Yeah, it's like, oh shit, they might have three max young guys on the team at the same time, and Shea, and who knows who they draft, and um, still have space. Like, yeah, I still didn't pick anyone. I'm picking J Dub. Someone takes J Dub. Who do the other two take? Both take going. Josh. I say Giddy. All right. This time Silva loses. We're one hour into the show. Do you guys want to do our last one? I don't think we can do this one quicker. There won't be as much discussion on this yeah. one. The final <laughs> battle. Who's on the team in three years? Usman Jang versus Alexei Pokashevsky. We'll make it easy. There's two bullet points to talk about here. One, we have not seen enough of Usman, so can't really talk about it. Two, Poku is due for an extension as we're speaking, so he's a much higher likelihood 
to not be here in three years because Usman will probably without a doubt. It's true. So do we all agree that it's, this is more of like a not applicable. Yeah. But I think if I had to like pick between the two, I'm going Usman. I just think he has at this point. It's been too long since Poku's played. Taylor's forgotten. I've forgotten that I have uh, strayed from the religion. Uh, However, I'm, I'm, I'm still pretty excited about Usman. And I think we forget about him when, when we're thinking about the trajectory I'm and super high some of the guys of these team moving forward. Me too. He's From really, a defense standpoint and offensive, uh, speaking of a catch and shoot guy, I think he, believe it or not, can develop into that. I like his shot, his motion, and then just the defense, like I mentioned, is. He'd, he'd be a lottery like pick him. again this draft, I think. Me too. Just for the record, Poku is 21 years old, just turned 21. Nine points, five rebounds, two assists, and one and a half blocks a game this season in the games that he's played. Uh, 37%, nearly 38% from three on over three attempts a game, which is awesome. Uh, His percentage from the field, his percentage from three um, have both increased. Uh, His two-point percentage from last year to this year uh, is virtually the same. His effective field goal percentage has gone up by five points. Um, he's just like, he made a leap. Do I still think it's probably Usman just because of contract reasons. Uh, Usman has, I mean, Poku had a crazy high ceiling. I feel like what we're talking about with Usman right now is what we talked about with Poku two years ago. Yeah. Right. Um, contract situation i think it's ooze but i think people are forgetting about poku a little bit that's funny that you brought up his i thought his three-point percentage was lower than that because his miss some of his misses are just really bad so it makes me feel like he shoots a lower percentage than he actually does um i'm probably i want nothing more than poku to be a good nba player so i think i'm gonna go the poku route here and i fame and i famously cheered whenever the thunder did not pick usman on draft night only to find out that they did <laughs> that was fun. let's say nick you brought this up so let's say poku plays 10 more games this season okay there's 23 left 22 left now let's say he misses 12 more plays the final 10 um looks a lot like what he did at the beginning of the year we know this team either extends players or trades them So let's say um, when the extension uh, opens up uh, and and there's a chance for him to get extended, I think that would be in October, wouldn't it? It's near the start of the year. Or does it start in July? I don't know. It's different for every player. I'd have to look at his. Yeah. Let's say whenever he's eligible for an extension, he signs an extension with Oklahoma City. We get a Mm -hmm. Woj tweet about it. Mm -hmm. What do you think the years and numbers look like? Mo Bamba deal. And or Jalen Smith deal. Right around 10, 11 million. I think that's probably fair. Three, three to four years, probably some sort of option that makes it more like a two to three. Okay. That's kind of where I was at. Yeah. And, I, and I'd, I'd be happy with that. Last competition, Chet versus Wemby. Jeez. Give me Chet, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We got to get out of here. No around the association today, because who cares about the rest of the league? We're just here to talk Thunder basketball. We talked about Dame 71. Yeah, there you go. There's yeah, your round there association. Perfect. We do need to do predictions before we get out of here real quick. Sylvia, you just want to pump the outro music while we do predictions really fast? 
Tuesday, we got the Kings. Second game in a row against the Kings. Taylor, what happens? W. I'm covering it. Easy W. Nick? W. Let's first, Still first win. First win. I'll be at that game. W. Boom. W, W, W. Hey, stack me on. Give me the W as well. I'm ready. <laughs> Second out of a back-to-back Wednesday against the Los Angeles Lakers. L. Silva. Next L. one, L. Silva's going L. L. Lake show, baby. Give me the thunder. There we go. Shea's like back. That. He said he had something for LeBron after that block at the All-Star game. Give, okay. me, Shea. Give me Shea 40 piece. We've got Friday versus the Utah Jazz, Nick. I... I'll take a dub there, too. Silva? W. Taylor? I'm actually going L here again. Think Taylor. Straight L's. Going round out with the W. I'm just going win all the way through. All the wins. Sunday Sunday night, they've got the Jazz again. That's the one I'm going with the the win. Taylor's got them going two and two. Two and two. Silva? Give me a W. Three and one. Three and one. Nick? Can't win both. Give me an L in that second. second Two and two. So we've got two and two for Taylor. Two and two for Nick. Three and one for JD. Give me the four and zero, oh, baby. Four and zero. Oh. I did it last week, and they didn't win a single game. <laughs> they got to get it at some point. This week will be different. Thank you guys so much for tuning into the uncontested. Join Taylor Tuesday night live after the Thunder take on the Kings once more for his post game podcast and analysis. And then Wednesday we'll be with you guys after the Lakers game. Friday after the Jazz, and then Sunday we're back here again for another full hour long show. Until then, you guys have a great start to your week. Hope all of our Thunder homies out there, and I meant to say Oklahomies, but Thunder homies, Oklahomies, people in Oklahoma, hope you guys are safe with these storms. We'll talk to you guys soon. Until then, and as always, Thunder up. <laughs>